hope in 2017. And it's been often my prayer is that it'll get to your house. And we're going to try to help facilitate that this morning and getting the blessing to your house. Not that it's not already blessed, don't get me wrong. Let me start with this. Private prayer produces public results. And so I just want to encourage your private prayer life. Jesus was very specific and said, you know what I mean? That, that, you know, when you enter your closet of prayer and you pray in secret, the Father which is in heaven will reward you openly. What an amazing, you know, uh, uh, promise. That, that testimony of the Lord, you know, becomes public. In, in you know, they're probably not going to say, oh my, what a great prayer you are. They're going to see the prayer results. And they're going to come and ask you, you know what I mean? And then you can begin to inform them and tell them what is the, some of the keys that been, has been going on in, in your life. All right? So we know that Jesus said you need a closet of prayer, and we, we, we encourage, you know what I mean, specific times of prayer. But, you know, sometimes life doesn't always afford you the, those, you know, uh, neat little, you know, <laughs> elements in life. But that's okay. You know what I mean? Just it's, it's wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you know, uh, just utilize those times of, of just saying prayers, you know what I mean, and, and, and honoring the Lord. And, uh, you know, begin to watch, you know, then uh, that there is evidence and results that happen, begin to take place and even more in your life than they have, have in the past. And then, of course, be responsive to the Holy Spirit. You know, I mean, uh, you know, it might not have been a hamburger that woke you up. It just could have been the Holy Spirit. And also give a little bit of attention to it and, and ask him, you know, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? You know, just respond to that. And, uh, uh, and know this, that God is not running around condemning you. So if that begins to knock at your door, you know what I mean? You just let it pass by. Let it pass by. Uh, amen? amen? Amen. Praise God. I want to talk to us this morning about <clears throat> prosperity God's way. Everybody wants to be prosperous. Everybody, you know what I mean, wants to have success in life. And, but when you open the scriptures up, you find that that's God's plan. It really is. You can't, you can't just start in the book of Genesis and find out that God is, you know, about increase. And how he puts the seed, you know, in everything so they can be productive. It really does. So, you know, God's, a, God's about, you know, increase, and he's about restoring things. You know? And uh, so grace... Sets back your setbacks. 
Grace sets back your setbacks. Grace. That's the format that we're going to use this, this morning. And we're going to read a couple of passages of scriptures. And uh, is it Third uh, John chapter 2 or verse 2 first? Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things. Everybody say all things. And be in health just as your soul prospers. I love that. I love that. There the Holy Spirit is penning through John, you know, the heart of our Father. And then James chapter 2, verse 5, I believe. Has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith? It's possible to be rich in faith. To inherit the kingdom. He promised to those who love him. So we have promise. And the dimension of the promise is the kingdom. And the element to receiving the kingdom is relationship. He has promised to those that love him. That's relationship. And then Job chapter 42, verse 10. And the Lord restored Job's losses when he prayed for his friends. Indeed, the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. If I would ask you this morning, do you have any losses in your life that you'd like to see restored? Every one of us would probably have a laundry list of losses that have taken place that you would want restored. And so we want to find out how that we can improve that restoration promises, being that they are there and part of God's promises. Can I start out with this? When God gives you mercy... you should in turn give him love. And when God gives you grace, you should in return give him honor. A proper response, right? Proper response. A thank you and an acknowledgement and awareness. So this morning, as we begin to talk about God's prosperity, God's way, God's plan for prosperity includes everything. Yet so often, we just associate it with money, and while that is a very valid and, you know, very tangible, very part of your real world, there probably isn't anybody here that would not say that they could use more money, right? And so we're not excluding money, but... You want to show that, 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 you know, you may be more prosperous than you think. See, money can buy you a skilled doctor, but it can't buy you health. It can buy you a high-priced psychiatrist, but not peace. A house, but not a home. 
Clothes for your children, but not respect from your children. Vacation, but not enjoyment. A car, but not safety. And that stands out to me because that one right there, I want to stop because, you know, uh, I've put a lot of miles on in my life, and maybe you have too. Well, I haven't had an incident that was dangerous. Went in the ditch one time. That's going too fast. <laughs> Food, but not contentment. Shrewd lawyers, but not justice. Beautiful buildings, but not spiritual people. Companionship, but not friendship. And a wedding, but not a marriage. Money has its limits. It's not inherently evil. Nor is it inherently good. It's an instrument. It's a tool, a vital tool. But true power lies in your faith in God, your faith in God. And true prosperity is the ability to use God's power to meet the needs of mankind in every area of life. So yes, you can prosper in all things. You can have a wonderful marriage. You can have children that honor you. You can have good health. You can have a worthwhile career. And you can have provision in your life by which you're able to maintain, enjoy life, and also an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. But the key factor to prosperity, of course, is our faith. But when it begins to, uh, where it begins to affect us is number one in our soul. That's that inner life. That inner life has a need. It needs care. It needs attention. It needs to be nurtured. That you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That mental part of you that controls your spiritual life. It's that element that begins to interpret life based upon the facts and figures of what, you know what I mean, you have it gauged it in. Whether you're up or you're down. That part that governs you. So, is your soul poor? Or is your soul rich? That soul. How good have you been to your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. How do we make the soul prosper? Well, the scripture that we read in in John begins to tell us. Because he gives us the answer. For I rejoice greatly, brethren... When brethren came and testified the truth that is in you, just as you walk in truth. For soul health, you must be connected to truth. Truth. And John knew Gaius' life. He knew that he was prospering because he was walking in truth. Truth. 
Jesus said, thy word is truth. So we need a healthy dose of God's word. Amen? To walk in the word of God is to walk in the truth of God. Ultimately, it's the word that produces prosperity. Prosperity, God's way. He wrote to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, 7 through 8. We know the great story. Talks to you about him being courageous. You know, and being uh, uh, obedient. But do not turn from the right hand or to the left hand that you may prosper in whatever you do. And he goes on to say but what his reference is, and it's the word of God. He says that if it doesn't depart out of your mouth, there needs to be a regular conversation that your mouth is having with regard to the word. Absolutely. To learn to confess the word, to read the word, however you might communicate, you know, with your mouth, because it's communicating then with your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions. How is it that you graduate each one of the classes in the secular world? You begin to educate what? Your mind. The facts and the figures. And then as a result of that, you're able to go ahead and move to the next stage in the next level. And so we're talking about educating our soul, and I mean, to the word of God. Now you can educate it to a lot of things, but you need to educate it to the truth of God's word. And it says that, that as you educate your soul to the word of God, you will make your way prosperous. Because God knows how life works and what makes life works work. David was so aware of the need of his soul that he frequently had conversations with it. Why art thou cast down on me, O my soul? What is influencing you to be at that state? And he too lets us know the impact of the word in our success. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scornful. Association is really important, church. And I'm not talking about the kind of association, you know what I mean, where you stay, stay away from those that are wrong and those that are sinners and those that are, you know, I mean, somehow we have to be in the midst of them. But we don't become, you know, practicers with them. But it says his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. 
not against technology. Wonderful benefit. Communicating the gospel to the world. But sometimes it might not be making our soul healthy because it's taking our meditation time. It's robbing us the opportunity to delight ourselves in the law of the Lord. But he that does these things says he should be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of waters and bring forth its fruit in its season. I mean, church, he says you can be, you know, in season. You can be on time. And he says it isn't going to make any difference really what season it is either because your soul is connected whose leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. Not so rich in the world, but rich in faith. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 26, verse 5, that Uzziah, here's this young guy that comes on the scene, you know what I mean, and a great load is put upon him, and, and so as he begins his journey, And it sums it up, and he says, as long as he sought the Lord, he prospered. As long as he sought the Lord, he prospered. Notice what James chapter 125 says this. He said, if anyone keeps looking steadily into God's law. Now, notice that's in the New Testament. Because that's all they had was the Old Testament. We are light years ahead. By virtue of the revelation, you know, and the writings of the apostles, you know, and given us better clarity. But see, everything that they got, you know what I mean, they recognized was back there. It was contained. When he looks into it, it says he will remember what it says And he'll do it, and God will greatly bless his days. Promise. The word. If we begin to get in a healthy soul, your mind, your will, and emotions, it govern us in our lives the more we get into the word of God. Having a better diet of God things. You see, when the scripture says that what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul, he is not talking about the soul's destination. He is talking about the soul's condition. It doesn't have any health. And the result of no health in the soul, it begins to filter its way through the rest of Mankind, and you may have it well in one area, but the majority of areas is depleted. <clears throat> David said that his soul thirsted for God. A soul that you know, has had a, an encounter and recognized that that's, that's where life is at. 
is the, man, the one that made the soul, that gave life to the soul, needs to be connected, you know, somehow, some way to the life giver. Amen? So I think that's, that, that's, that's really neat, you know, that thirsty soul. Can I ask you this morning, do you have a thirsty soul? I'm not trying to sound spiritual, but boy, I'll tell you what, I'm, I've been in this, you know, well, I've raised in it, but I've got a thirst for God that just is just like, man. Your soul needs quiet. Needs to be refreshed with God's presence. Psalms 23 gives us that recipe. When your soul is fearful, you need to give attention to it. So if the events of life have all of a sudden, you know what I mean, been overwhelming, you don't know what to do, and your soul begins to get fearful, you've got to find, you know, some recipes from the Word of God. Got to find some associations that help to, you know, dispense that fear. Now, I know Jesus said, you know, fear not, fear not, over and over. But every once in a while, you know what I mean? You need more than a command. You need a relationship. So you have to pay attention to your soul. You have to pay attention to your soul just like you have to pay attention to any kind of relationship because really the soul is the relationship part. Listen to the signals of your soul. Notice what it says in Psalms 31 and 9 and 10. Paraphrase it says, the writer says, my eyes have wasted away. They've wasted away from grief. I mean, take a picture of this now. Life is traumatic. My soul and body also. When hope is taken away, when vision and future, soul can have grief just like any other part of your body. The soul can become Susceptible to diseases. The word of God. So there's a plan that God has for your prosperity. There's a world plan. There's God's plan. God's plan. We start with obedience. Prosperity. In obedience, that's what we read in Joshua chapter 1. Could you be depriving yourself of prosperity and success because of disobedience? Joshua, if you really pay attention to, to obeying, and, and this is, these, are not, these are not perimeters that are hard to keep because, you know, God hasn't made it, you know, like you're trying to walk a tightrope. He says, if you just stay in connection with me, 
depriving your soul and, and, your, and your life of, of success because you're not being obedient. And maybe, maybe you, everything that's going on in the word of God, you're, you're, you're right up to top on that. But how about in what he's asking you to do and telling you to do? What is that, what could be that thing? Is that, is that, that, that rich young ruler, you know what I mean? <clears throat> Jesus did not argue that he had really played, you know, every part of keeping the law right. But Jesus said, now, let's get down to the personal side of your life. You get just one thing. Man, living, I, I, I would love if God would come to me and say, there's only one thing missing. <laughs> I mean, this is not a bad guy in my estimation. <laughs> no way, man. It's only one thing that you've got to do. But to him, it was a big thing. It was the thing that was going to starve his soul. And really, when you break it down, it'll be where his confidence and trust really is. Why do you need the word of God in your life? Because it helps you to, to, to find out, you know, and to show you where your trust and reliance and hope and faith is, really needs to be and who it's really in. Making adjustments, you know? All of a sudden, you find yourself at, uh-oh, you know, I'm leaning a little too heavy this way. So you make adjustments. You start going back and say, no, no, God, you're right. I've been leaning this way. I've been, you know, trusting this way. And I, I recognize it and I back away. So obedience. And number two is you got to believe in the law of divine return. Well, God is not a slot machine. He isn't. But he says, you know, if you give, it shall be given. (laughs) Prosperity for your soul and for life begins with investment. Begins with investment. If you sow mercy, what do you get? Mercy. You've got to believe in the law of divine return. You want to improve, you know, the return tomorrow, you've got to go ahead and invest something today. It's called reciprocal Relationship. You sow a seed, the land offers a harvest. You can believe God, rest in God, and expect God to honor your desires when you honor his word. I got a few amen. Let's go ahead and get a clap out of that one. <laughs> yeah. 
See, we're not, we're, not, we're not just getting you saved this morning. We're trying to get you healthy. For by grace are you saved through faith and not out of yourself. You know what I mean? It's the gift of God. It's not your destination I'm concerned about. It's your health I'm concerned about. If you want God to honor your desires, then you need to honor his commandments. I hope that's not too much legalism. See, prosperity is not an end, but it's a result. It's not merely monetary, nor is it momentary. Or something that's passing. It is designed to be continual and progressive. Fall on hard times. That doesn't mean that you're not successful. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over all in the valley. Is the prophet, or the, the uh, yeah, the servant comes riding up to the prophet and Prophet is concerned about the, the manner in which he's riding up, which it seems to indicate, you know, you know, some some alarm. And he's asking him, "Do I need to ask him? You know, how you doing? It's well with my soul. It's well with my soul. Somebody just died, but it's well with my soul." I just lost my son, but it's well with my soul. Success is not the absence of loss. Success is the health of your soul. It's your mind. Your will has not been deterred because the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Believe in the law of divine return. Don't emphasize one over the, the other. There's a tendency in the church world to do that today that Somehow that you're not financially rich, that you, you know, don't have faith. And I just think that's a, it's an imbalance. I live with Psalms 35 says that, it says that God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. If you're doing well, God's pleased and God's happy about that. How do we keep a healthy soul? You understand that things are to be used and not loved. 
things are to be used and not loved. He gives us all things freely to enjoy. But yet he says, love not the world, neither the things of the world. For any man love the, loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's to be the priority of God in our lives. Number one. First. Everything gets blessed when you put God first. Know this this morning that God is not opposed to you owning material things. But he is opposed to material things possessing and dominating you. That's what he's referring to when men love the, the world. Next thing to keep your soul healthy is be responsible with your blessings. Be responsible with your blessings. Know that you are blessed to bless. Said Abraham, he said, I'm gonna, I want you to know that I'm gonna bless you and I'm going to make you a blessing. To the Christian church, he says, I want you to bless and not curse. First Timothy chapter 6, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to in joy. So God's blessing doesn't come purely for us to enjoy, but also for the purposes of God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Define your priorities. Keep your soul healthy. You need to define your priorities. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and its righteousness. The challenge, of course, you know what I mean, is, is you know, balance in life. All right? But you can be as busy as a bee and still have the kingdom first. You can. It's a soul position. It's a heart element. So, define your priorities. Luke chapter 12, verse 15 says, you know what I mean, that take heed and beware of covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things that he possesses. That's not the measuring rod. God says, I'll satisfy the desire of your heart if you keep your priorities right. Psalm 37 and 4 says this, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Your priorities are right. He says, God is going to really listen to your desires. Philippians chapter 4 and verse, verse 19 says, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. 
God wants us all to have a full, complete, balanced life. He's made that provision through his word. He's invested in us the sweet Holy Spirit for our lives. And know that when Jesus came, and when he comes around, he's coming around for good. John 10.10 says, The thief comes not but to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But I've come that you might have life, and that you might have it more abundantly. Don't blame God for what the devil does. Quickly, some biblical keys to success. Transfer ownership. Transfer ownership. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell in it. God owns everything that we have, both time and things. Time and things. He just simply says, be a good steward. Be a good steward. Principles of success. Break habits that keep you poor. I'm not talking about just financial debt, but that keep you poor. That keep your soul poor. That keep your mind poor. That keep your emotions poor. Why are you cast down? He follows up. Soul, bless the Lord. He says the key to, you know, when you're down, start blessing the Lord. And say, you know, get the things around you changed. No. Huh? Revitalize the soul. Renew the soul. See, we want to change everything around us. God says, well, what you need first need to do is just you know, bless the Lord, and the soul will start to, you know, come alive and be revitalized. The mind will start to think, you know, the word of God. And when you start to think the word of God, you begin to think the thoughts of God. And when you begin to think some thoughts of God, all of a sudden you get the insights of God. And when you get the insights of God, you begin to have the visions of God. Right. And all along, faith is being stimulated, for faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Proverbs 15 and 16 says, Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure, treasures with turmoil with it. Ask my musicians to come this morning. Accept God's provision for, work, for uh, you. Accept his provision for you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says this, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? Now, it's easier said than done. You really have to work on it. Huh? It's not a one-time thing. The problem with, with, with you know, the lack of success, you know what I mean, is, is that 
you know, the failure to, to continue. When you plant a seed, you know what I mean? It doesn't come up tomorrow. Your positive confession today doesn't mean that you will have, feel like being positive tomorrow. But the more that you are positive, not in simply just, you know, having a positive attitude, but something connected with a true and living foundation, which is the word of God. Huh? All of a sudden, it just begin to perpetuate its things because it's a seed and it brings forth a harvest. Getting the blessing to our houses and to our families. And why, why do we want it to houses and our families? You know what I mean? <clears throat> why do I as a, do I want the blessing just for me? Obviously, you know, not just for me. Do I want the blessing? Absolutely. I love blessing. It's healthy. But you know, it can perpetuate. Both cursing and blessings, okay, can be passed on. So I want to pass on blessing. I want to promote a healthy soul. Break the curse. And release the blessing. Don't buy into get rich quick schemes. Bible says that when that happens, when it comes hastily, it just leads to poverty. Uh, nobody's won the lottery here. I don't think they have. But when you do follow up the history, those are, that won all kinds of money and they never learned about money, you know they're poor. Now, most of them have lost all their money. But even more than that, they're poor in their soul. They're poor in their soul. God wants to bring health to your soul. That it begins to translate, you know what I mean? Because when your soul is healthy, you will work with more diligence and vigor and more happiness. You know? Strive for excellence in all you do. It says, do all things that God might be glorified. Seek contentment through relationship with God. Principles for success. Endeavoring to make your soul healthy. Number one, the Word of God. And Deuteronomy 25 says the blessing will overtake you. I know that's Old Testament, but it's not a bad one. It's was to Abraham, and so if it was to Abraham, it's to me. Imagine everywhere you go, you, you just feel blessed. I mean, see, the important thing is that you know you're blessed. It's not so much somebody else recognizing you're blessed, but all of a sudden they'll begin to see, you know what I mean, those various evidences 
of God in your life. Bless coming in and bless going out. It's never that you never, it's not that you never have enemies in your life, but the enemies are smitten. Somewhere along the line, all of a sudden, you know, they're gone. prosperity the Lord will command his blessing your storehouse whatever you put your hands to do whatever I <clears throat> when I get down sometimes you know what I mean and I look at things I try to go ahead and analyze get the facts get the broader perspective I begin to look at what's really important and all of a sudden I find out God really is true that I am really unblessed I really am I'm really blessed and so are you church Sue, are you people of God? Don't get me wrong. You know, you're blessed. You're blessed. Tremendously blessed. Already, you're blessed. Already, you're blessed. Everybody say it. I'm blessed. Come on. I'm blessed. Amen. See, when you start saying that, you got to put that in. You know, get your soul. Make your soul aware that, that you're blessed. I'm blessed. No? And... You begin to change your, you know, your emotions around, your thought life around, and you begin to turn your future around too. Because God says, I would that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Amen. Don't get locked into the one thing that's missing. The one thing that you're waiting for yet. The one answered prayer that hasn't taken place. Doesn't mean it's not important. You know, it even can be a major part of the picture. But sometimes, you know what I mean? You have to go ahead and just, you know, shut your TV picture off in your mind. And just let the picture of God be what you see. Amen? That's right. Sometimes just shut it off and say, you know, I'm just going to, you know. That's what the book of Hebrews says. That, you know what I mean? What made the saints so successful in the journeys, you know, no matter, no matter what the crisis was or what the victory was. Looking on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our, our faith. Hallelujah. Amen. You're where you're at. You've had the success that you've had, you know, has a lot to do with you, but has the most to do with him. Has the most to do with him. So we're going to give him the most. Amen? Father, thank you this morning. I thank you, Father, for the increase. And as we heard in our, our communion, Father, that 2017, 
Hope for 2017, gone, gone. Success in 2017, God, because you are a God who said, I wish and want you to have success. So Father, give us a soul that leans toward success and the word of God in Jesus' name, amen.